Have you ever stopped to think that virtually everything we use in our daily lives is based on technology? Even further, do you understand the software behind this technology? Welcome to The Art of Software with Martin Lacey. In today's program, you'll hear how software is created and implemented, why it's written the way it is, and learn from its success stories, proven best practices, and significant failures. Now, here is your host, Martin Lacey. Hi, and welcome to the show. I'm Martin Lacey. Uh, this is The Art of Software. <clears throat> In today's show, we're going to be talking to Carrie, uh, Terry Cutler, who is a certified um, a government-cleared uh, uh, security uh, expert and an ethical hacker. He's also the vice president of cybersecurity at uh, Circo Investigations and Protection in Montreal. Three hours ahead, not two. That's my mistake. Sorry, Terry. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> That's an inside joke. <laughs> I'm doing well, Terry. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I messed up this morning, and um, uh, I thought Terry was only two hours ahead, but in fact, he's three. So thankfully, he's still able to join us today. And uh, Thanks very much for joining us, Terry. My pleasure. Uh, Terry has got uh, has had an exciting um, career. He's moved himself into the cybersecurity world, and um, you know joins the uh, elite uh, as a uh, ethical hacker. And he's got some great uh, insights as to how. Uh, uh, consumers as well as businesses can protect themselves. Who these guys are, we've heard about them in the news. Um, you know, various uh, organizations are are manipulating and using hackers of varying degrees to push their aims. Um, you know, and it's it's there's there's all kinds of stuff going on with hackers, and you know, we've heard about Fancy Bear and so forth. So let, let's sort of jump in with Terry, and uh, let's uh, Terry, if you could tell us how you got started in this and how you came about to being uh, in this really cool position you're in. Sure. Um, well, I've always been uh, passionate about computers since I was ten years old. So um, I've always been the go-to guy at, at school where kids would come see me for, you know, they want to get cracked games or, uh, like, you remember the days of Leisure Suit Larry? Yes, yeah. <laughs> they come yeah. to me for tips and fix their computers and whatever. And they always kept calling me this hacker all the time, hacker, hacker, hacker. In fact, even in my yearbook, it says claim the fame hacker. And over the years, I got inspired by watching shows like CSI and 24. I'm like, How does Chloe O'Brien break all these systems so fast? <laughs> and yeah. um, then I found out there was actually a course called the Certified Ethical Hacker that was fairly up and coming at the time. But this is back in 2005. Okay. And um, so this course teaches you the same techniques as the bad guys used to break in, except you're using these skills for good. And then I saw, um, then I got super passionate about um, educating both businesses and consumers on how to protect themselves online against hackers. So uh, you did you um, so you, you you attended the course you you started educating businesses and it just kind of grew from there. Yeah, I mean, obviously at the time no businesses cared about it, right? So I was like, oh, you're trying to start instill fear in us, you know? It's fud, fear, uncertainty, yeah. and doubt. Yes, and, yes, uh, and same for consumers, and it's still true today. Like nobody wants cybersecurity until it's too late. So I'm trying desperately to kind of stir up. And show them the problem in advance before it's happening, but you know they're still in denial that it'll never happen. They're catching on though, but it's not there yet. Yeah, it's it's, it's there's always seems to be this um, 
a denial. Uh, it won't happen to me. It's like insurance and an accident. That's you know, it. It's it's always the other guy. It's it's not me. And uh, you're depending on what I've always um, uh, described as security through obscurity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, That's no it. one's gonna bother me because I'm just you know hiding in a corner and they'll be you know going after bigger fish. That's right. And but now there's a new law coming out now. I'm not sure if it's out yet, but it's like a breach disclosure law. So here in oh. Canada, if you get breached, you are supposed to report it or else get fined. Really? Yeah. And is, is that is that uh, at a personal level or just business level? Uh, business level, from what I understand. Okay. So then it, it, at that level, it, there, I guess the push would be certainly for public companies um, to ensure that their uh, perimeter is, is well secured. You're, That's it. Yeah, you, know, <laughs> you you don't want to have that public face of a of a public company uh, be tarnished, right? But then you have so so that, that's a double edged sword too, right? Because when you when you hear what happened to like you know winners and HomeSense and all these guys that got hacked years ago, you would expect these guys to like shut their doors, right? And or the or the pay, the payment processors would have cut them off. Instead, they yes. just got fines, and in fact, in fact, they even made money on it. Oh really? Well, well, consumers didn't care. They have a short-term memory. Yes. Uh, or, or even Equifax, right? Their job, yeah. they, 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 they earn a living on off of fraud. So here they are. They get hacked, and now there's another news report that they lost another 2.4 million Canadian or something like that today. I have to check that uh, uh, identities. But so here they are. You get they get hacked. Oh, we're so sorry. So let let us put you on some identity fraud protection, which also belongs to them. <laughs> so they're you know, turning so, the engine. Yeah. So here they are giving you like one year of identity protection, but then the following year, if you're paying whatever fifteen dollars a month, it's like they're earning several millions of dollars in profit because of this. Wow. And, and the consumers are left hanging the uh, holding the bag. That just doesn't sound ethical at all. Well, there you go. So how are we going to fix that part? You know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, how how would you approach that? I guess bringing more businesses that that, that supply that level of infrastructure. Um, I mean, it's so hard. It's so hard because there's so many ways now to hide your tracks. I mean, we often come across companies that uh, say we're doing an intrusion test on them, and all of a sudden we found out that there there may have been they may have been hacked before we got there, and we see traffic coming in from like a let's say a BitTorrent network in their environment, but we don't know who's coming in, who's going out, where it's coming from. And the only thing you do is, is uh, block it. But did they install another back door somewhere? So it's, it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that's the problem. Once it gets started, it's, you know, they can start installing and building their own infrastructure on your network. That's it. And then on top of it, the client says, well, I, I only want to pay you on results. <laughs> you can't even <laughs> guarantee that. <laughs> well, I guess you could just, the first result is, hey, look at the traffic. That's not yours, and it's on your network. That's it. <laughs> exactly. What so, are they doing? I don't know. Sorry, sorry. go ahead. Well, then they'll say, well, what's, what, what, are the, what are these guys doing on my system? Like, I don't know. They may have leaked out all your confidential data, for all I know. They don't, and a lot of times, the companies don't even have the, the technology in place to even detect it or even monitor what's happening. Yeah, just you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah, or their, log, or their logs are not enabled. So many things that they need to to address, and it's just yeah. like where where do you start? Mm-hmm. So you know that's what I think we want to f- focus on in this this first few minutes is um, before we start protecting the business, uh, 
who are these guys? Like, you know, it, it, is there a way to identify the, the different types of hackers? Um, you know, I, I put up the broad stroke of saying white hats and black hats, uh, white hats being the good guys, the ethical hackers, black hats being um, various levels of uh, miscreant who's trying to subvert your system for personal or business gains or you know, political purposes, even, you know, uh, uh, social gain, you know, yeah. hey, I hacked yeah. it. <laughs> it's a, it's a it's a pretty it's a really good question and it, and it really the answer is is anybody can do it. I mean, I can even if I want to have a, a secondary income, I could load up, uh, I can buy a ransomware kit offline, and uh, I mean online, and launch my own attack against random people and get paid anonymously, and they'll never find me. So really. Well, it's because the whole payment system, the whole BitTorrent and the whole um, oh. Bitcoin process of payment is all anonymous. You, it's untraceable. Yeah, that's. I think that's one of the big problems with with Bitcoin and some of the cryptocurrencies is that untraceability. And I think that's we talked about that in a, um, a couple of shows ago about uh, blockchain. I mean, blockchain's awesome because it, yeah. it provides that transparency. But Bitcoin, on the other hand, is an implementation of it. Which you know, in in some instances, in a lot of cases, it's there to to hide the identity of people. That's exactly that's the point. And and then like you know, a lot of times you'll hear reports, oh, it's always the Russians or the Chinese attacking <laughs> us, and or, or or from India. And a lot of times there's a reason for that because uh, most of these countries they have an income of five hundred dollars a month. Okay. So, yeah. And, that, and now imagine you're you're earning five hundred dollars a month. And you start um, launching ransomware attacks, and all of your victims are paying you five hundred to a thousand dollars a shot. Now you're earning five grand a month, and, and it's cross country, right? So, <laughs> so if I'm a victim here in Canada, it would cost me twenty to a hundred thousand dollars to hire lawyers, get investigations in place, and go overseas or wherever it is to investigate that. So why would I spend? tens of or, or hundreds of thousands of dollars on a loss of a thousand dollars when I should be putting that back into my own company and, and protecting myself better with training. Right. So you're just going to write off a grand and they know that. Wow. So it becomes a, almost a cost benefit uh, situation. Might Absolutely. as well just pay them off. And of course, you know, if they're coming from a, a third world or second world, first world country could be down, down the street. Uh, if it. you can hide your identity. Uh, wow, talk about a revenue stream, uh, and of course a nasty one at that, but still allowing people to do that is... Um, no, and same as you know, when they get hacked, they think the first thing that the victim is going to do is, well, I'm going to call the police. And they're going to find out soon enough that the police don't have the time or the resources to help you. You know, They're not going to go and spend all the resources because you lost 500 bucks or 1,000 bucks. Right. So... And even if and even if they even if they had the money, say it was a a, a million dollar fraud, well, it's it, it's almost impossible to to track back folks that are coming over BitTorrent. Right. Okay. Yeah, I, I've I've used BitTorrent years ago, and um, it, the only time I thought it was handy was uh, you know for getting hold hold of uh, hacked uh, software applications and things right. like that. <laughs> yeah. So the whole the way the whole Tor system works, which is T-O-R, the, it stands for the onion router. And what's happening is you enter this network and you're being 
you're going through between three and ten networks to hide your tracks. Okay. So, so all of a sudden now you come out into the victim's network with a specific IP address. Well, say you try to track back that IP address. So it's going to come back and say, well, you're just a Tor exit node. And there's a good chance the logs are not even on that system. They've always been erased or they're not logging it. And there's maybe five to nine other layers of networks that you've come through so that, so, that they still have to investigate. <laughs> log upon log, layers upon layers of logs. Yeah. And, yeah. of course, if, if they're not kept in sync, uh, yeah, and uh, uh, they're all, all on personal computers or route, routed. They're scattered, they're, right, they're scattered across the globe. So now you have, have jurisdiction issues to go and get those servers. Right. It's it's a it's right now. I, like cybersecurity for me is such a stressful feel. Like it's like everything we're trying to do is not working. You know to help protect these companies. Yeah, to every angle you you look at is oh, there's a got bad guy there. Oh, there's a bad guy there. Oh, there's a bad yeah. guy there. <laughs> That's it. Holy smokes! Ah, uh, this is uh, quite a interesting problem that we're we're tip facing. of the iceberg. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that that's really it. It is the tip of the iceberg, and we're just chipping it away, just a s- small piece of ice at a time. Um, we're going to quickly go to a break here, Terry. Um, then we'll come back and get into some of the more um, uh, challenging issues dealing with security and how you um, protect yourself. Um, So uh, with that in mind, Terry, we're going to take a quick break. Thanks, everybody. Uh, Please uh, come back in a couple minutes' time. Uh, We'll be back shortly. This is Martin Lacey and Terry Cutler on Voice America, the art of software. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Private equity firms have over $1 trillion to invest. They are the biggest funding source for growing companies. Why do they reject 98% of deals? How do you get the right deal for your company? Join Kevin Fechtmeyer and his partners on the Deal Team 6 to uncover the next winning deal and avoid the financial landmines. Deal Junkie, Cracking the Private Equity Code, is broadcast live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. How is your business running? It should be running smoothly with nary a hiccup, like a finely tuned machine. But if you're like most businesses, yours may be running nowhere close to that. Listen for Operationally Speaking with your host, Sergio Samel. Our program will help you to run your entrepreneurial business easier, better, with less frustration. And by running it well, you're sure to be poised for faster growth. Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. How is your company's marketing plan? Could it use a little help? For most businesses, the answer is yes. Tune in each week to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. Host Janet Kunst and her guests will show you how and where to bring your marketing to the next level. Each show will feature action strategies that you can implement right away and see results. We'll make this easy for you. Start by tuning in every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network.
You are tuned into The Art of Software with Martin Lacey. To connect with the show today, you may call into 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd prefer to send an email, you may send it to m.lacey at laceytechnology.com. Now, back to The Art of Software. Welcome back to The Art of Software. I'm Martin Lacey, and we're... We're uh, talking today with Terry Cutler, a renowned uh, soft, uh, cybersecurity expert who helps businesses and um, persons uh, manage their security uh, risk as well as help identify um, uh, and prevent uh, security breaches. So welcome back to the show, Terry. Great, thanks. Uh, so in this part of the show, I want to get into... Um, detection tools. Um, how, how do businesses uh, go about protecting themselves? We talked before the sh before uh, uh, in the previous segment um, about BitTorrent and that being used as a as a means to get into your system. So, how, what kind of tools do you have to detect um, these breaches uh, if they're encrypted channels? How do you understand that that's actually occurring? Well, one thing we got to do is um, load up tools like Wireshark. <clears throat> this allows us to uh, view the packets that are going in and out of the network. Okay. And that's one. Th that's one way. And we can look at the um, the uh, what's called the protocol hierarchy, which allows us to see what kind of channels are, or what kind of how much traffic is going where. Is there a lot of stuff going over SSH? Is there a lot of stuff going over um, our, uh, RDP, like right. remote the desktop? And um, a lot of the companies, we're, we're seeing a lot of companies that don't have a lot of up-to-date technology to even stop these types of uh, new trending breaches uh, or, or, or vulnerabilities. Um, I see a lot of companies that still run free antivirus. Okay? <laughs> yes. So those, and that's a question I get asked all the time. Well, what's the difference between a free version and a paid version? Well, all these virus technologies, these antivirus technologies are all what's called signature-based. They will... They have to update themselves every couple of hours, and then once um, an attachment comes through in your email or an, or an attack is happening, they have to see, okay, well, what kind of file is this? Do I, is there any known signatures in here? Yep, oh, here's something, it blocks it. But if there's not, it lets it through. So uh, there's ways now to manipulate um, these, these codes to actually bypass the antivirus. And Sorry, sorry go ahead. No, I was just uh, wondering how, how do they how do they manage that? Do they change their signature, or is it a dyna dynamic type of configuration? Like how, how how does that work? Yeah, they'll modify the code. So, or or what they'll do is they'll fragment the attack. So, for example, whenever I do an intrusion test, I have an option to avoid antivirus, evade antivirus, and what'll happen is it'll come in as a fragmented code, and the antivirus will say, "I'm not sure what this is," and let it through, and then I'm in. And oh. But but then again, I've I've also been blocked myself where they had another advanced technology like malware bytes, for example, or another type of malware behavioral analysis tool or software, I should say. The moment I got in um, and started messing around in the network, the, the the system detected that hey, this is not normal behavior behavior for this user, and actually cut off my connection. Oh, okay. So that's where it gets into the behavior or looking at patterns of usage on the network rather than signature-based. Absolutely. Yeah. Any virus right now is, is uh, 
is quickly becoming obsolete. It's, it's still required for frontline of defense for like, you know, but the, the newer viruses and stuff are bypassing them. Okay. It's, if I can draw an, an analogy, it's, um, it's going from a, a lock and key mechanism uh, to, to, which allows you into the building, but once you're in the building, you've got retinal eye scan technology to verify your identity and and make sure that whatever you're doing is, you know, something that you've done characteristically before. Right, and now it's also got sensors on, on the ceilings and stuff to look at movements and such. Wow. Yeah. So okay. is that is that. Is that something that businesses are are now getting are adopting, or are they um, s- still uh, hesitant about that? Or like, at what point do they uh, are, are they getting into the the de- detection part of the business? So, if we if we back up for the last ten years, every time we did an intrusion test, the recommendations were always patch your antivirus, get your get a get a uh, a patch deployment system in place, and watch what you click on. Right, and then right. you look at today's recommendations. It's keep your antivirus up to date. Make sure you have a patch management system in place, and don't click on any links. It's like it's the same recommendations, right? It's like Groundhog Day ten yeah. years later. But now we have to start looking at other more advanced technologies, um, like honeypots. See, That's, there's ways. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Can you talk about honeypots? I wanted to ask about that. Yeah. So I, I've been leveraging a technology called Active Defense. Uh, for since 2013, and this this honeypot kind of kind of hacks back in a way, but not hacking back the way you think. The way it works is it does three things to an attacker: it annoys, attributes, and attacks an attacker. So <laughs> I'll leave the so, annoys one. <laughs> yeah. So the way the, the the way the annoyance works is a hacker will usually launch tools to kind of do a reconnaissance on your network. So it'll run yeah. like spiders, right? Yeah, and the moment that it hits the honeypot, it'll go into what's called recursive folders, and it'll make the tool uh-huh. kind of loop into into these recursive folders. And eventually, after several hours, the log file on the attacker's computer is going to fill up and crash the tool. Right? right. So there's nothing worse than for IT guys' tools to be running all night only to be crashed in the morning. Yeah, like, and have no results. <laughs> exactly. So by leveraging these types of techniques. It allows us to uh, notify the company or the administrator saying, hey, you know what? There's an advanced intruder in your system right now. You should be, get on your toes, like get on guard, you know? It's kind of like and, a, re- a reverse um, denial of service. Right. <laughs> and then and then we go into the, annoy- the attribution part where we can set up, let's say, a fake Cisco control panel. And the attacker will get on this and, and get a pop-up that says, hey, you're accessing a restricted system. We have the right to scan your system for latest patches, scan for antivirus and whatever it is, right? Yeah. And and then that's that Java box window. And it says, do you consent? Yes or no? So the hacker is going to say, yeah, I consent. And all of a sudden, I'm going to run a site survey tool on his computer. And hopefully, he's running a laptop. And what will happen is it'll scan all the Wi-Fis in his area. So his neighbors will triangulate me within five meters of his computer. <laughs> I love it. I will know up to five meters. I, I even know what side of the house he's on or building he's on. And so even if he's coming through a bit uh, like a Tor network where he's coming through various VPNs and whatever, it doesn't matter because it's his neighbors telling me where he is. Oh, that's sweet. And then with the attack part, I would have the capability to turn on his webcam 
take a picture, send it back to me and say, yep, it was this guy behind the screen when it happened. But now I just violated a privacy law because these bad guys have privacy laws too. All right. So without a warrant, I can't get to that step. And that's a, that's a very difficult piece that we're missing in our investigation practices right now is that how do you know that John Doe was behind the screen when this happened? Right. Uh, I wish I could tell you, <laughs> and I could have told you, but I'm not allowed to tell you, you know? Right. I mean, and that's, I guess, where the legal and ethic, ethical concerns come into play. Uh, I mean, although you're dealing with a bad guy who's obviously done some, uh, made the first move, right. um, you, you the, can't punch him back. <laughs> but the beauty is that, you know, if you've documented the system in place that, hey, you know, Mr. Judge... This is our system, right? We have all these pop-ups and warnings that, hey, this is your restricted system. Do you consent? And the hacker consented by clicking yes. So it's kind of like somebody going up to your backyard, hopping your fence and landing in a bear trap. Oh, shoot. Well, you just shouldn't have jumped the fence. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's, I guess in, in the States, you know, it's the um, – do not cross. Do not trespass or be shot. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Except we're so, stunning them in this case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we've got stun guns, but still. Yeah, S- squirt guns. We've got squirrels, <laughs> <laughs> but they bite. <laughs> so that's it. So I mean, the, the, it, this is a technology that's been around for many, for a couple of years now, but it's it's so gray area that the laws and the lawyers are not comfortable with it. Yeah, so it needs more uh, awareness on this. Yeah, uh, I are, are we? I guess we're like, we're waiting for legal precedent, or like, it, it it seems to really tangle with, uh, you know, the the nuances of the law rather than the technical aspect of you know finding who these guys are. I mean, technically, uh, we, you know, as you say, we've got the tools if we can triangulate. Um, you know, at least within our own country boundaries, right. we should be able to prosecute. And, the, and the, the other problem with law enforcement is that they're overworked and understaffed, unfortunately. So, you know, a lot of times they'll take sergeants and then that have been on the field for so long, now you're trying to convert them into cybersecurity experts. Right. And it's extremely difficult. So, you know, these guys have another 10, 20 years before they retire or less, and they just you know, they don't, they don't use Excel on their computer. That's as far as their, their training would go, you know? Right. Being thrust into this whole tech world of technology where, you know, the evidence is bits and bytes. That's it. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a whole crossing the chasm issue, again, for law enforcement to try and step up to the game of what's going on in technology space. I never yeah. even thought about that. That's, that's, that's an interesting uh, dynamic on it. And I think what's going to happen is like, you know, like I work for Circle, right, which is a private investigations firm. Yes. And uh, which is kind of like the private police. So what we're expecting to happen is that law enforcement is going to partner with, with PI firms like ours to offload some of this expertise t- to folks that do it. Right. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, but the only problem is, like I said, the, um, the um, you know, any false move, we can crash the case. Right. So. Well, 
Yeah, that's that, that's the rub with technology, though. Um, you, know, you have to take a step back and think a bit more practically, and you know, you, you enlist the experts in whatever domain you're going into, rather than trying to acquire those skills. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's the same in any kind of software development effort. You you want to make sure you 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 have the right skills at the right time to do the job, and you don't necessarily have to train the people that you have to do that. Right. I mean, like you know, going to, going to talk about the developers, for example. I mean, their job is to build software and get it deployed as quickly as possible within budget. Yeah, exactly. And there's a lot of constraints on on the software side of things, and you know, security is, sadly is is not uh, forefront. That's it. And then we could talk about uh, you know software development life cycles, for example. So that's also something we have to talk about uh, shortly. Yes. Yes. Uh, we're we're gonna. Go for another quick break here, Terry, and then we'll come back and we'll we'll get back into um, into software development and you know creating a secure environment and uh, further on to uh, detection and prevention. So Perfect. please continue on with us uh, with Terry Cutler and myself. Um, it's uh, awesome to talk to Terry and get some of these insights. Uh, we'll be right back uh, with the art of software and Terry Cutler on Voice America. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. How is your work-life balance? In most businesses, no matter where you are positioned, there is always room for improvement. If you're an executive, learn insight about your business. Are you an employee? Learn how to better work with your team. Even if you're not in business, you can learn where your strengths and weaknesses can be played to their best potential. The Work-Life Balance with host Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Higher education faces lots of changes. If you are a student, educator, or in the workforce, you'll want to tune into Big Beacon Radio, transforming higher education. Your host, Dave Goldberg, and his guests will explore the innovations that higher education adopts as it reinvents itself. The world of higher education is constantly changing. Stay on top and stay ahead of the rest. Big Beacon Radio, transforming higher education. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Art of Software with Martin Lacey. To connect with the show today, you may call into 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd prefer to send an email, you may send it to m.lacy at lacytechnology.com. Now, back to The Art of Software. Welcome back. We're talking with Terry Cutler 
uh, from uh, Ciro Systems. Um, did I just say that right? Circo. S-I-R-C-O. Okay, Circo Systems. Um, they're a, a security t- detection and prevention syst- uh, uh, organization to help companies uh, deal with penetration uh, attacks and security vectors. Um, what we want to talk about now is getting a little bit more into prevention. Now, we talked a bit about uh, Cisco systems, and those are you know fairly big boxes you can put in- online uh all the tools you have in place for uh, deflecting hackers' honeypots. That was quite an interesting uh, concept of honeypots and how those are being used today. Um, Do you see honeypots being more something that uh, even home uh, home, uh, persons can use on their computers to defeat hackers? I think it's going to be too complex for the average home user. Um, if there was a, a commercial product that existed that they can just click a button and then they'll get you know safeguarded on the fly, um, that's always been a dream I've had for the last couple of years. So, okay, so that's that's still on the not quite possible yet. Exactly. Yeah. So it it all comes down really to the the uh, the end user. So the goal is to protect the uh, or or fortify what's called the human firewall, right? Because a lot of these technologies will kick in after the user did something. So say he clicked on a link he's not supposed to, well, all of a sudden now, okay, the antivirus is going to kick in to see if what he did was secure and if there's any malicious uh, activity on it. And if their technology is not up to date, uh, the ransomware or whatever is gonna, just going to fire off and, and, and go, and they're, they're going to be screwed. Yeah, so, I, I'm surprised uh, even today in, in businesses, um, the, the amount of, um, the, the amount of hacks that actually get through by email and the, the prevention is, as you mentioned in the first, in the earliest part of the show was don't click on it. Exactly. Uh, I mean, uh, how, what kind of prevention or protection is that? We have, I, I have this shirt that says there's no fix for human stupidity. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, um, but not to be fair, the, the new scams right now are so well done that even I have to second guess myself sometimes when I see them. I'm like, is this really real? Because I was expecting a message, but maybe not that soon. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's a problem. If the, if the technology is not up to date, um, they're going to get hit. So, so that's where cybersecurity awareness really is key. Yeah, and you know that I think it, it comes down to you know with all these tools uh, and the mechanisms to defeat them and you're going past the idea of si- signatures and and uh, scrambling your your input so that you can get defeat signatures and moving on to patterns and recognizing patterns at a at a digital packet level um, you know that's all fine and well for a business um, even at a business it, <laughs> that that could be a daunting task but for a person um, an individual to try and protect themselves and this idea of, you know, don't click on this and don't click on that uh, is, you know, eventually you're going to click on it. Well, what happens a lot of times, like, you know, you, you, you heed the warning of don't click on links from people you don't know. But yeah. Yet they receive messages from friends that or family that they know because they got hacked. No, and and that's... now you're clicking on, now you're hacked. 
Oh, and that's it. I mean, I see messages all the time from my Facebook friends. And, you know, it's sort of like uh, there's a message that comes from them and they say, you know, is it's always you? got the tag. Yeah, well, the me message coming from them is, oh, this is something very interesting for you. It's like, yeah, yeah my friends <laughs> don't send me in messages like that. That's funny. <laughs> but, uh, no, a lot of times, um, like, the, the scammers and hackers are not going after the whole Viagra emails anymore, right? They're not sending you the Viagra emails. What's happening now is they're looking at what you're doing online. And say you're at a recent conference. Well, they might send you a, me a message saying, hey, Martin, it, I see that you're at that conference. I was there last year. Here's a link to my photos. Right. So you might think, well, this is not a scammer looking email. This is legit. And you're going to click that link, and then uh, they, they could be, uh, that link could be weaponized. And so all, attack you. So, so they're, 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 they're going deeper then, not only doing it, uh, breaking up their uh, attack vectors and their signatures and their packets. They're now starting to look at the uh, who they're breaking into and looking at their behaviors. Oh yeah, and trying, absolutely. And so yeah. you got attackers trying to mold themselves to to who you are. And I guess that sort of gets into the the whole uh, identity theft uh, uh, attack vector, if you will. Absolutely. Like you remember, like we all used to get the calls from Fred from Microsoft, right? Saying your your computer has a virus. Oh right? yeah. Help you. So now what's happening is they're they're fed up of everybody hanging up on them now. So what they've done is they they can inject certain uh, they can infect certain websites that when you visit them, even though it's a legit site, you might get a pop up with this with this alarming sound saying, "Hey, alert, alert! Uh, your computer has a virus. Call this number." Yes. And people are going to call up thinking it's Microsoft, and then the the the, the scammer is going to remote in and infect your machine, and maybe hold and maybe uh, install some ransomware and hold you hostage. You know that that is, you know that that is not only just something that you hear about. I know somebody who fell victim to that, and you know they're 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 folks that don't have a lot of computer savvy skills and they're easy to manipulate older folks um, and it's just terrible it, it, just the, the way the way they can be uh, um, in have fear instilled into them and give up their identity so easily that's it and then and then you know then I'll then I'll get a call uh, you know asking me to like my opinion of this while they're on hold with the scammer I'm like no yeah. hang up <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, so yeah, good. exactly. Don't tell them anymore. Back away. But that's the thing, you know. That they once they once they get hit with um once they get a hack on their system, they become advocates for cybersecurity. After, even though they don't have anything, even if they don't have an idea of what it is, they're like, oh, you need protection. You got to get this stuff up to date. You know, now I've invested thousands of dollars in in technology and equipment to help protect myself or my small business. Um, it, it takes that little kick in the butt in the pants before they uh, they become believers. Yeah, unfortunately, but at, at least they're adding to the army of uh, of voices that are, you know, getting people to be proactive. Right. And uh, there's another scam going around called um, called um, we've heard we've heard the term whaling, but this is called the presidency scam. Oh. This is where the um, the CEO will send an email to the CFO saying, "Hey, work on a secret project. Please wire four hundred thousand dollars to this account." And then we'll we'll talk about it at at a, at a later meeting. So a lot of times the CEO is not going to question the CEO's decision and wire off the money. Really? So that's happening a lot now. Wow. 
Yeah. That's um, well, that's 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 taking it right to the top. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no. Oh yeah, yeah, they're 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 doing a lot of research. Uh, they're not just you know picking folks off at random. They're doing their their homework on these people and making the uh, the hacks as plausible as possible. Right. So it's really getting into you know, spoofing um, others in your organization to try and break in. Yeah. Or they'll hack into uh, people's social media accounts, for example. Um, you know, we've, we've seen cases where the uh, the attacker will compromise a boss's uh, Facebook account, which is also linked to his business account, and start scamming all of their connections. So, right. You know, I'm in London. Can you send me uh, some money? But that's why the you know the two-step verification um, auth- authentication systems are very, very important for all your social media accounts. Make sure those are enabled. Yeah. And I, I think a good point here is is to really treat all your social media accounts as um, a, an attack vector at your on your business and at, at on your um, your own personal identity. So you have to make sure that you're secure <clears throat> at yeah. all these fronts. That's it, because now you have what's called the um, indirect perception of a breach. For example, say you have a website which is hosted on GoDaddy or Amazon, whatever it is, yeah. and it got hacked. Well, people are going to think, oh, Martin's company got hacked. Even though it had nothing to do with your business, it's that perception. Yes. So same yeah. thing for social media. Okay. Well, that's um, – so how, 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 do, how, how does one go about trying to protect their social media presence? Is, is that by just reducing your, your groups or your, your public profile, or is there security measures in place that you can adopt? Yeah, I mean, all these social accounts have um, two-step verification or two-factor authentication. Uh, that's where you are going to enter your, your username, and pa- uh, username and password, and then a text message will come to your phone with another code, which you have to also uh, enter, which validates that you are the actual account holder. Because the password is something you know, but having that text message on your phone, which is something that you have. So the combination of the three will give you access to the account. Right, so I so the thing there for for everyone to really take up on is to adopt this two factor recognition. Make sure that your accounts in Facebook and uh, LinkedIn and all the other social media aspects are uh, you you've established that that three way uh, communication with your devices. That's it. Yeah, and same for uh, same for websites. If you've got like uh, uh, say WordPress or um, any other types of sites, you got to make sure that you know things like iTheme security is enabled, so you can help protect your sites. Because what's happening now is we're seeing a lot of Bitcoin mining malware that's being injected into websites. And what happens is is that every visitor that comes to your site gets a code downloaded to their their computers, and now all of your clients, all your customers, are mining Bitcoins on behalf <laughs> of a criminal. <laughs> yeah, I, I I read or what was pointed out to me that uh, there was a fellow doing that uh, to all the customers who were visiting their their business website. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, oh wow, okay, so that's you know, <laughs> distributing your your workload for sure. <laughs> Innovation in crime is in, incredible. Oh, it's just like okay, well, I guess that that's an attack vector. That's something to do. That's it. Or they'll uh, or they'll infect um, PDF files on their website. So they'll go to a legitimate sub- a site and all of a sudden a PDF will download. And same thing, they'll open it. And if it's weaponized, they might get ransomware. They might get uh, malware installed in their machine. And they'll blame you for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, 
you know, in the software world here, you're always fighting fires, and you know the the breaching uh, of your systems is certainly an awful one. That's it. Uh, we'll, we'll, we're going to take our final break here and be back in a few minutes with Terry Cutler. And we're going to go over, uh, continue to talk about security, security breaches, protecting your business and your personal profile. And what uh, what what can the software professional uh, do to help at, at their angle? Um, you know, everything runs on software. It's all software. So the software professional should have um, some um some responsibility in making sure that your systems are secure. So please continue on with us. Uh, we'll be back after this break with Terry Cutler and myself on Voice America, the art of software. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. It's time to take charge of your own career path. But how do you get started? First, tune in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. Each show will feature national business leaders, tips and insight from Marie and her guests, career management tools, and a weekly career smart tip. She'll help you move forward, earn that promotion, get hired into the career you want, and brand yourself. The Career Confidant is broadcast live every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. In this fast-paced, technologically driven world of business, the stress can be crushing. It's exhausting business leaders and burning out good employees. It is not enough to work from the top down. We must now learn to work from the inside out. Listen to Innovative Mindful Solutions with Terry Geller. We will discuss ways to transform roadblocking emotions using mindful-based tools you can incorporate into your business and your life right now. Don't stress. Tune in every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on The Voice America business channel moving forward can be difficult to do sometimes there is always something going on many times nobody else knows exactly what you're going through if you are experiencing pain or loss even something unexplained that is missing in your life you'll want to tune into go for it with host joe hausman joe and her guests will show you laughter and love Sometimes you just need something a little positive in your week. Make that spot Thursday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Art of Software with Martin Lacey. To connect with the show today, you may call into 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd prefer to send an email, you may send it to m.lacy at lacytechnology.com. Now, back to The Art of Software. Welcome back to The Art of Software. I'm talking today with Terry Cutler. Um... He's a cybersecurity expert. Uh, we're talking about all the various aspects of securing your systems and your businesses and how the um, 
perpetrator perpetrators are getting in at your system and how they're attacking and you know the ways of the various escalations of what they're doing and how to, how software is being protected um, and how you pr protect yourself. It's, it seems like being an escalating cat and mouse game. Um, so with that in mind, Terry, can we uh, talk about software in its um, uh, creation and distribution? Now, there's, sure. you mentioned uh, while we we're on break that there was uh, a, a new breach and uh, it, it, it's home to you know, software from the distribution level. Can you tell us a bit about that? Sure. Um, <clears throat> back in September of 2017, uh, a very famous um, utility that most IT professionals use called CCleaner was actually breached. What happened was the hackers got into the, the builder server and was able to install uh, backdoors and Trojans into the actual package. And then when 2 million people downloaded it, they all got infected. So... Um, you know, CCleaner was able to fix that up, but there's a good chance that the malware residents could still be around in, in people's companies, and they don't know it because they're stealthy. Right, so that software just sort of sits there and waiting for an opportunity to attack? That's it. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, it's come, it's come across a couple of times where if I do a penetration test on a company um, and I get access to all their systems, well, I, I it's come across where, where I've actually access the builder server myself and I could have installed code in there and if there's no checksums in place well then the software will get pushed out right and you know that's something that uh, we see in software a lot especially if we're dealing with uh, packages coming from Microsoft you know they provide a, a checksum um, there which is an algorithm that does uh, a scan a byte count of all the original bytes in the software update and yeah. of course, it's left to the end user to um, run a similar algorithm on their system once they've yeah. done the download. It's right? like a so verified it's... publisher. It's like a verified publisher. Yeah, but, but that's what, that's exactly what happened with uh, with CCleaner. They uh, they were still pushed. They, they were still able to get it pushed out via the trusted channel. Right. So so that's 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 the problem is that that you know the software has been compromised. And it's coming from a trusted provider. So how do you get around that? How how do you, you know, it's, it's going to be it's going it, like things like code reviews are going to be extremely important. So if you're a developer, a lot of times you don't understand cybersecurity. So your job is to code the application, get it out, or it might be some best practices that maybe you might follow to get the some security in there. But it's it's best practice to get a uh, an expert to come in and, and review your stuff. Because a lot of time, well, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 please, please continue. Because um, one thing that can happen, and I expect this to happen later on in, in future large cyber attacks, is what's called logic bombs. This is where a code will get inserted into your software and is programmed to trigger on a specific time and date. Oh, yeah. So, you know, things like the stock markets or, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen, the. have you seen the last uh, Die Hard movie, Live Free or Die Hard? <laughs> I think I stopped watching them after the third one. Okay, actually, the last <laughs> one was, was actually very good. But, but basically what happened was hackers were hacking into the, the traffic systems, the governments, and were able to shut all this stuff down remotely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've seen stuff like that where they're affecting your traffic cameras and turning lights and you know, all that's very, very practical. 
That's it. And that's where we see the future is like, you know, th- these countries are not going to start dropping bombs on each other. They're they're trying to hack into each other's infrastructure. So that if ever they want to play a political role, they can just push a button and shut down the power grid or right. shut, or set off nuclear um, plants. Or yeah. go go into your your, your water can water plants and uh, yeah. mess with the solidity content and uh, or it. you know toxic toxicity levels. That's I mean, it. you could do anything. Um, so you know, uh, unfortunately, our our show's coming to an end pretty soon, a couple of minutes, and there's just so much more to cover. Um, I, I just want to talk a, a, a briefly a, a bit about software and what the software professional can do. You know, we talked um, uh, very uh, briefly about the code and making sure uh, you're not executing or this new logic bombs that you're talking about. So that that specifically talks to, you know, script type languages where you're running code that is uh, injected into you. So those are kind of an injection attack. And SQL injection attacks are, are, are one type of that, correct? Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing we're going to be worried about more and more often is what's called zero-day exploits. This is where there's a, there's a say you develop in Flash, um, while there might be a, a flaw that hasn't been discovered by anyone yet, but there's a flaw in the Flash code, which will allow hackers to compromise your entire system and extract your database. So... It, those those are going to be almost impossible to detect because we're not always testing our software all the time and companies don't want to spend the money to get code reviews done every single check. Yeah, and, and you know that's the, the that's the sad aspect of it. It's uh, pay me now or pay me later. Those that's code it. reviews are are absolutely critical and making sure that uh, your your code is secure at every level. We've talked previously on previous shows about the layering of software and you know if I could bring home any single point uh, to the software developers uh, out there is that understanding that layering of your software and that you need to protect at every single layer and not let uh, code leak through from one layer to the next. So that speaks to the code bombs and the SQL injection attacks. And even um, if like even if their code is, is perfectly secure, we've seen this happen before too, they drop in a secure software into an insecure environment and they're obviously they're leveraging the same administrator password to be able to synchronize content to the server right and we'll see an infection happen uh, on one of the servers and it compromised all of the credentials and now they can log into your secure server wow it's like a we're kind of losing this fight martin yeah it's it's an uphill battle every way and just need to keep on applying uh rigors of uh of uh discipline really at at the lowest level at the software level when we and awareness training awareness training definitely Absolutely. This has been an exciting and I hope uh, um, an empowering conversation with Terry Cutler today. I hope uh, everyone has uh, gotten uh, some aspect of how to better secure their themselves, their businesses uh, with our conversation today with Terry. Thank you very much, Terry, for joining us today. I really appreciate having me. Thank you so much. It's been an awesome conversation. Um, uh, please listen in next week when we talk about the do's and don'ts in software, uh, wins and fails, and hopefully we'll touch on some of these more security-related aspects. So again, thanks very much, Terry, and thanks everyone for joining us. Great. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening to The Art of Software. Be sure to join your host, Martin Lacey, again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of our program on the Voice America Business Channel. Until we talk again, have a great week.